Welcome to 18 Minutes of Workplace Horror Stories and Helpful Tips. We are Jeff DeWolf and Todd Chandler, and this is Braving Bad Bosses. Jeff is the president of Wolf Prairie, a leadership and organization development firm. He doesn't even have a boss. And Todd is lucky enough to have the best boss ever, and I'm pretty sure he'd say that even if his boss wasn't listening. But over the years, we've both seen a lot oh, yeah. and learned a little. And we're not too shy about passing judgments and armchair quarterbacking the way things should be. So join us for a pint this week as we discuss the I'll know it when I see it, boss. This came from a listener who left no contact information at all. They basically just okay. left the baby on the stoops of the fire station yep. and ran away. Complete so, anonymity. Got it. So I'm not sure whether he's a she or she's a he, okay. but we'll call him slash her Sean. Okay, Sean. Sean described a boss who had no clue what he wanted. But he knew it when he saw it. Okay. Oh, my goodness. This sounds like all kinds oh of failure boy. being set up. And the opposite was true as well. He knew what he didn't want when he <laughs> saw that as well and let Sean know about it oh every boy. single time. So oh, this clearly is a boss who is horrible at setting some clear expectations or expectations up front and then yep. coming back around. And the boss is always going to be right at the end because you didn't know right. what you were shooting for. Right, right. Yeah. That's, uh, this is very frustrating, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, it, it's pulling the rug out from under you. Um, I can just picture this, right? I'm picturing a boss who's who's so busy, thinks he's so important, or she, yeah, and um, needs things done, and hands things off so quickly because they just don't have time to delegate properly. Right. Yeah. Well, and and I think one of the things too is can't you know sometimes and sometimes people have a really tough time planning or. Uh, figuring things out ahead of time and see it as too much work it is and yeah. so the the <laughs> boss's inability to plan at this point right. is being translated down to frustration on not being able to set clear expectations yeah and you know the tough part is you don't have to have a fully developed blueprint as a boss to say here's what i want but it would certainly be helpful to be able to say here's some objectives about what we want to try yeah. to accomplish with this yeah let's let's uh let's jump into some bad boss rehab get that out of the way before we maybe help sean with how to handle a boss that that clearly is uh, is not being obvious about what he wants. So bad boss rehab. I think you started to touch on that. Um, I mean, my, when I read this, my first instinct was, you know, do your diligence, boss. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got to focus on clear handoffs, right? And and taking the easy way out and and just like not thinking through what it is you want is going to end up taking more time, right? On the back end, when you get something back that isn't what you expected, so. Right away, right away. My thought is take the time to think through the dates, the deliverables, the expectations, and then take even more time to communicate them clearly to yeah. Sean. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it, it, I had never really thought about this, but it, in terms of expectations, they can be clear deliverables. Here's, here's what sure, it is that we yeah. want to do. Here's the blueprint, essentially, for what I want. It could be more... Uh, objectives and i think back to the old covey right. telling his right. son uh clean and green you know like it's right. not so much that right. it's the deliverable of you're going to mow the lawn but here's what i want is the objective and then i also think there's the measures for success like how are we going to look back at this right. and evaluate whether this was effective or not right and i think the boss can play to whatever they feel more effective with but here's the simple shortcut for the boss of sean all you have to do is ask the person tell me what you think the finished product no looks kidding like. i was just thinking that <laughs> i was just thinking that what it would be easy <laughs> right for Sean to um, to take a shot at it and so the boss has a has a the boss doesn't want to think about it right so the boss needs to understand I don't want to think about exactly what I want maybe this is an op opportunity for empowerment I'm right. gonna ask Sean to um, 
you know, to go put together some thoughts and come back and let's talk about them. And then maybe I'll have a clearer idea of what I want. Right. So imagine instead of I'll know it when I see it. Sean, I, honestly, I haven't given this project much thought. And yep. this is new territory we're yep. headed into. You're a little more familiar with it and you've done some right. more thinking on it. I'd, I'd like for you to take a little bit of time and tell me what you see as the deliverable and come back to me and let's yeah. talk through that. And yeah. then I can give you some feedback as to if that's the right direction. It's or a not. really fine line between that and just copping out. Right. You know. Right. You know, but, but, yeah, yeah, but when you say, I'll know it when I see it, you're basically essentially throwing your hands up in the air and saying, ah, I don't, I don't yeah. really care. No, I don't think he ever said those words. I think Sean was basically telling us that he would he would assign stuff. Yeah. And then when he would get it back, he, it was it was a crapshoot. Yeah. He was either happy with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, this is perfect. Or he was, what were you thinking? This is horrible. Right. Go back and do it over again. So, you know, so I think we've transitioned a little bit now over into Sean. Yeah. What, what does... You know, what does a person who lives under this environment, you know, need to do? Yeah. So I, the key on this is just rapid prototyping, right? Like, you, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You've got to get and, and don't get too far down the path because you've got to seek right. out feedback regularly from your boss to make sure you're headed down. Because if you create the entire thing and then deliver it, right. and that's not what they had in mind. Because even right. if they say, I'll know it when I see it. They've got yeah. some sort of expectation yeah. in their head. You know, this, is a, this, this brought up an idea. So let's say, for instance the the product is a is a presentation yeah i don't know in my in my days yeah. of corporate corporate life i feel like i spent half my my time just creating powerpoint presentations sure. for upper management and so one of the things i learned early on was rather than create the whole powerpoint i would i would create the shell i would put the page headings on the top of each page but before i went through all the work of creating charts graphs and content and writing and all right. of that I would bring that back to the boss and say, okay, so this presentation's for the board or for the whatever. Well, what, is it, what does this look like? Here's sort of the flow of the presentation. Right. And that, that seemed to work because, they, right. they, again, they don't, and that's a perfect example of bosses not knowing what they want. Right. right? They want a report on the project that I, have, that I can bring to the executive committee. Well, and particularly on something like a presentation, it's so much easier to provide feedback and react to something as opposed to nothing. Right. So, um, you know, in some elements, when you ask your boss for expectations and you're expecting them to create that yep. PowerPoint flow for you, that's never going to be it's not very productive. Right. And, uh, you know, some of the people that I've had the pleasure of writing speeches or putting together things for, it, it, it's a running joke. And this is consistent with everybody I've done it with, right. is, is you write it knowing that is not what they're going to say at all. But but it's easier for them to write what they're going to say, knowing it's not going to be what I wrote for them. Yeah, we used to talk about the fact that most executives write better with a red pen than a black pen. Right. And so and so, but but there's a fine line. You don't want to write too much of a with your black pen and spend right. all week doing it, finding out you wrote about the wrong thing. Right. But, but um, that's one of the strategies too is 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 bringing them that framework, bringing them the subject headings or the page headings, and, and get some reaction. But here's the other thing, I have also found that even going through all of that process, sure. Still spending, you know, four hours or two days putting together something, walking into a senior vice president's office and feel like I walked out study after having studied for the wrong test. Have sure. you ever had that feeling? Oh, I, yeah. I thought for sure I knew what you wanted. Sure. And I walked out with a PowerPoint deck that, that was, this is my favorite part, when they tear the staple out <laughs> and then start reshuffling <laughs> the order. But you know what? That's bad. It's frustrating because you spent all day and you thought it right. was perfect. Right. But um, there's nothing more freeing to walk out of there and you have something that they at least put in the order they wanted. Right. And now you just have to go and move the pages around and clean up all of the edits. Yeah. Well, step one there is why did you staple the PowerPoint? I always <laughs> staple my PowerPoint. 
But I never know whether I should flip it up or flip it sideways. And, uh, you know, is it flip on the left side, the, the short side or the long side? It just Okay. Yeah, let me just clarify this real quick. <laughs> a, don't oh. staple the PowerPoint. If you do, then it's in the upper left-hand corner, not in the standard of where the printer yes, puts you it have in to the manually upper right sta- You have to manually staple yeah, it. Yeah, right. yeah. The, uh, but I, I do think that, that – uh, Having them work through drafts early and often is a great way to go. And it's not even just sometimes when you go in there and it's a whole different ballgame. You could have talked on Tuesday about something and gone in on Friday. Right. And they've just had more time to think about it. And so now it feels dramatically right. different right. because they've also had a chance to react to it. And yeah. uh, I love that notion of writing better with a red pen than a black yeah, they pen. Just, they just don't. Are there other ways you think Sean could help, not just in the presentation, but also in other interactions with their boss on trying to make sure that they could give the boss more red pen opportunities. Does that make sense? So like what, you know, and, and maybe it's more flybys about saying, here's where I'm headed with this. Is this the right direction? Right. Um, and, and checking in on a regular basis. Yeah. I think, I think that's the black pen red, the magic of the black pen, red pen. It's not a finished product that you write in the black, but right. But you write, you write the outline, right? You write, like I said, you put the, the headings on the pages, and then you go back and let them edit even that. Yeah. So, so yeah, f- I mean, so for Sean, I think, you know, you're not going to change the boss. The boss, if the boss is not going to spend the time, b- because frankly, he, he knows he w- has something in mind, but doesn't know how to describe it. Mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't even have the experience to know what to ask for. Right. Then you have to take that on and you have to do some of that thinking for him, I think. I think one of the other things that's helpful on this is regular written updates um, so that there's uh, yeah. the opportunity for the boss to jump in more along the way i mean no totally yeah if they're not going to define it so you think it's not just it it the more i the more i think about through this particular case it's almost the opposite of micromanaging right so if you've got a boss who's not willing to give you clear expectations on the front end you have to micromanage your boss you do yeah yeah which means you have to get more drafts in front of them more regularly um to make sure that there are no surprises at the end i think that's a i think that's a great a great uh, a great point and one of the things I talk about in, in my practice is is the establishment of checkpoints. Nice. And um, you know, and, and you know, when we talk, we're talking to leaders. I'm trying to convince leaders that when you assign projects or tasks of any sort, you need to build checkpoints in. And the checkpoints are exactly that. You know, this is due. I got a board meeting on Friday, you know, Friday evening or Thursday evening. Um, last thing you want is to have the boss say, "So just get it to me by four o'clock right. on Thursday, and we'll be great." Because when if that's what you've got, and you walk in. And you've got two hours before the board meeting, and right. what you walk in, you know, is wrong. You yep. studied for the wrong test. Yep. Then you then you've got two hours, t- and you got that stress. Now, I don't sure. know if anybody's listening that's been through that, where you find you thought you were done, and now you've got a deadline, and the printer's jamming, and your and your, yep, your PowerPoint's freezing up. Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah. So 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 if the boss isn't going to give you the checkpoints, this is the point I'm trying to make after speaking for like eight minutes here. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, the, we, maybe we should have given you a checkpoint on the your boss is a bad boss <laughs> point before you started making it. <laughs> if the boss is a bad boss and doesn't practice creating those checkpoints to check to see to see those drafts to make yeah. sure you're yeah. you're delivering what I what it is they want, then I think the employee, I think Sean needs to take the ownership, like you said, and set those up. Say, I, boss, I'm not, I'm not comfortable waiting till Thursday to talk to you again about this. I need a Tuesday checkpoint, ten minutes. Right. What's the benefit? So, because uh, because is. You're doing that. I think there's a certain amount of freedom of having a boss who's not laying out real clear expectations for you. It's great freedom if you know exactly what 
they want and what their style is. Well, and I, I think I would tend to operate of, I would set checkpoints for myself and then I would surprise checkpoints with the boss to be able to do it. The tough part is when Maybe you could use an intercom. If the boss is giving me this, <laughs> this flashback, if the boss is giving me a freedom to be able to draft whatever I want or create whatever I want, because right. I'll know it when I see it. Right. Then I, I see the motivation of imposing checkpoints that agreed upon of I'll get you this by this time. Right. And particularly if I need to block out time from the boss to be able to do it. But it's also a very freeing thing for me to say, okay, I'm going to try to get this to the boss on Tuesday morning. If it's Tuesday afternoon before I get it to him, I haven't committed to him that I'd get it by Tuesday. Now it's a surprise checkpoint that I've got freedom and flexibility to be able to do it when I feel like it's ready. But I also have right. to make sure that I've got to hit these ch the checkpoints need to be defined in such a way that I want feedback from him that I'm headed in the right direction right. before I want. get too much further. That's what you want. Right. Yeah, you absolutely don't want to rework, especially as you get closer to the deadline. So, you know, that's what he's dealing with here. Um, you know, Sean needs to take control of the situation and not, you know, not do too much work. Yeah, right. you know, he knows this boss now. So right. now let's let's adapt. You know, we talk about this every single time. You right. Know, we're going to assume in this podcast that the boss is not going to adapt very well. And, and I think it's real critical not to polish, polish, polish. Don't wordsmith. Don't wordsmith. Like, like right. get the, the bones built on whatever it is. And that's where I love the, the yeah. term of the prototype. Of right. Get a rapid prototype in front of the boss. Yeah. Get a reaction. Yeah. And, and don't take the reaction personally at all because what you're trying to do is help set yeah. Get the boss to set some clear expectations. That's why architects make like those models, right? Right. They don't just go build the building and say, what do you think? Right. You know, now th those models look pretty cool. I feel like those take a long time to build, though. <laughs> you know, at first there's the sketch, I suppose, and that gets reviewed. Anyway, so that's, that's architecture. But So you want some Legos for Christmas is what I would I love Legos. Uh, um, yeah. I step on them all the time <laughs> at home. You know, you can get a bin to put them in. Really? <laughs> you don't just leave them scattered on the... On the floor? I'll, you need I'll, to talk to I'll my know kids. know it when I see it. I like it yeah. when it's picked up off the floor. They don't play with them anymore, but they used to. Yeah. All right, so so really quick. So one last thought about the, this this PowerPoint presentation yeah. thing. Because I, I'm, I'm guessing that there's a lot of listeners who are in PowerPoint. Sure. It's H a great H example AG of this. double hockey thing. sticks, yeah. you know, sometimes, right? Yeah. They're in this endless loop of, of drafts and such. There was a time, and i got to tell you, so I was 20, I don't know, 25 years old, and yeah. I, I, was, I was really good at PowerPoint. Yeah. Um, there was a time when... Oh, there's Hell's Bells. Hurry, finish your story. Okay. I hate Hell's Bells. <laughs> My story was this. So it was Jeff's I actually have two stories. Incurred. I have two stories. All right. And so I'm going to push Hell's Bells for 45 seconds. We'll hit the but, snooze button on Hell's okay, Bells. Okay, here, here we go. Beep. All right, so um, two stories. So, so, so what I was going to say was I, I, I created this beautiful PowerPoint presentation I thought was beautiful. I spent all night, you know, all day on it. I went into a vice president of marketing's office, and he tore it to shreds. Now, he was a super nice guy, yeah. and he knew what he was doing. He saw it in my eyes, yeah. and he looked at me, and he said, Jeff, he goes, I got just one word of advice. He goes, don't fall in love with your deck. Yeah, yeah. And I've never forgotten that. I was like, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago when he said, never fall in love with your deck. Yeah. Don't put so much ownership into those first few drafts sure. that that you um, you feel really disappointed when you get negative feedback. Yeah. And uh, the other story, and this is a dumb story, but okay. I'm, I'm leaving a department. Yeah. Okay. I'm in this really important strategy position. I felt it was important. It was pretty big. I was you know moving some pretty big. Pieces we get around. it. You were a big deal. I was a, I was a pretty big deal. <laughs> and and my boss, the director of the department, yeah. kind of puts his arms around me. His arm, not his arms. Yeah. Just one arm. Yeah. And he was allowed to do that back then. And he said, you know, we're really going to miss your PowerPoint skills. <laughs> I mean, I'm a senior <laughs> strategist and manager. 
And <laughs> I, what's funny about that is for the, like the next several years when I'd see the coworkers from yeah. that group, they'd be like, hey, Jeb, how are your PowerPoint skills got, you know? <laughs> I'm like, dude, I can do more than PowerPoint. <laughs> I'm a strategist for I'm a goodness strategist. sakes. Yeah, I not a PowerPoint. Decisions. I'm smart. I don't just do nice PowerPoints. Thanks, boss. But anyway. clearly others loved your All decks, right. too. All right, so tangent over. Summarize what Sean, what Sean need to do going forward. Rapid prototype. Don't fall in love with your decks and create checkpoints along the way. Even if the boss doesn't ask for them. Consider play with surprise checkpoints or scheduled checkpoints. I think both are good strategies depending on your personality, well, yeah. Sean, and the boss. Yeah, yeah. if the boss is going to be is, is, is constantly busy, then you need to get on the calendar, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, you got to squeeze in there. But bosses love it when you say, hey, I just need 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and the purpose for this 10 minutes is I just I don't want to work for, for, you know, for a whole day on this until I know we're in the right direction. Yeah. They, I haven't met a boss yet that wouldn't respond well to that. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. All right. We're running a little long on this one. But last question here real quick. Do you think you could create a PowerPoint around this? Give me a couple of days, and I'll have it perfect. So the good news is, if you'd like to tell us about one of your bad boss stories, you don't have to create a deck to oh, do it. Oh, good, good. What's the simple way to do it, Jeff? It's really easy. Number one, you just go to our website, and uh, it's, it's bravingbadbosses.com. You can leave your story, your scenario. You can leave your name and number, or you can be anonymous. And uh, we'll use that as a source for, for future episodes. Yep, and then just schedule a surprise checkpoint with us, and we'll be glad to review it. We'll, we'll know a good story when we see it. Check, please. <laughs>